Well, hey friends, welcome back. We're grateful that you're here as we continue our journey through the book of Philippians, where we're discovering how Paul is helping us to know that it is worth it to follow Jesus and to imitate him in all that we do. I'm so grateful you're here. Hey, we always wanna invite you to let us know that you're here. So if you've got the app, if you're on our streaming platforms, that's great. If you don't, we've got a QR code on the screen. If you just wanna capture that real quick, that would be great. If you can capture that and register, that helps us not only know that you're here, but it helps us continue a relationship with you. And we always wanna do that. So I sure hope you'll allow us to do that for you if you'll check in. And of course, if you're on the website, you can simply uh, just click on the button that's right there. But we're glad that you're here and we wanna continue through Paul's letter to the Philippians. Well, hey, I thought about this the other day. Have you ever thought of that phrase that says, um, imitation is the greatest form of flattery? You remember that? I've thought of that often. Imitation is the highest form of flattery. Literally, when you think about it, I mean, it's why a child often imitates their parents, right? It's why sometimes we imitate our friends, some of the things they say or do, because we really appreciate them or we love what they do or say, and so we imitate that. Sometimes we do it for the heroes in our lives as well. We watch them, we see them, whether it's athletics or uh, music or movies, we, we see these people and we sort of emulate who they are. We imitate them, right? I mean, I think of it even in the terms of clothing or accessories, the knockoffs, imitation is the highest form of flattery. And I think there's so much truth in that that we need to think about that with regard to our faith. And I know when you hear the word imitate or imitation and Jesus, you think, golly, that's not enough, right? But I think sometimes we confuse mimicry and imitation because mimicry is not enough, but I believe imitation is. And the Apostle Paul, when he writes to the church at Philippi, is trying to help us better understand that. So let's do a little bit of distinguishment between mimicking and um, imitation, because I think that becomes really important. When we think about mimic, it literally simply means to, stimul to simulate the appearance. Think of a parrot, if you will. Uh, when a parrot speaks a word that you've, you've spoken out loud, all they're doing is simulating that. They, they don't understand what that word means. They don't know how to say it literally. They're simply simulating something they've heard and so that's mimicking. You think of a mime as well. A mime is simulating behavior. That's mimicking. But imitation is really very different. Imitation is replicating action. It's literally doing what somebody else is doing. It's performing what somebody else is performing. I think of literally an impersonator. When you think of an impersonator, they not only repeat somebody's words, but man, those great impersonators, they imitate the actions, the behaviors, the tone, the, the tenor. They present somebody else and you feel as though they've literally become that person, right? That's imitation. Part of what we're called to do is replicate Jesus, replicate his actions or follow his model. That's literally what imitation means. So I wanna talk a little bit about what Paul means when he calls us to imitate Christ and to represent him in all that we do and how worth it it really is. When we look in the second chapter of Philippians, we begin to discover this powerful and profound understanding of what it means to imitate Christ. So when we read from the letter, Paul begins to give us this powerful understanding of what it means to imitate Christ. Hear Paul as he gives one of the most beautiful portrayals of this imitation. He says it this way, 
if you've gotten anything out of at all, out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status, no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave, became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death. And the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. Because of that obedience, God lifted him high and honored him far beyond anyone or anything ever so that all created beings in heaven and on earth, even those long ago dead and buried, will bow in worship before this Jesus Christ and call out in praise that He is the Master of all to the glorious honor of God the Father. Wow! Isn't that amazing? Jesus calls us and suggests to us it really is worth it. He, he uses this phraseology that Paul portrays right in the letter. He says, golly, if it's worth it, if, if there's any consolation, if there's any blessing, if there's any opportunity love each other. I think Paul is saying to us, it's worth it. It's worth it to love. It's worth it to be unified. It's worth it to be there for other people. Even the challenges that that may present sometimes, it's worth it, Paul tells us. And then he goes on to describe this amazing understanding of humility on Jesus's part, right? He says, Jesus uh, entered into the ultimate form of humility. He became a human and he stayed a human. And then I love the way Paul put it, it became an immensely humbling process. You can imagine that Jesus is God. Jesus has all the power, all the authority, all the ability, all the capacity of God, and yet he chooses to become human. And in that humanity, he offers us the model that we are to imitate of humility. Jesus asks us to do that. And so as followers of Jesus, it becomes one of the most challenging things we can do to become humble, to offer ourselves to others for the cause of Christ. Let me put it another way. I want to look at some words that we might be familiar with that have huge and immense relationship that's fascinating to me. Now, there's a word you don't often use in everyday language, but it's called humus. You've probably heard that word, but maybe not used it very often. In its most common form, it's dirt. It's really technically the organic material that makes up that dirt, but let's just call it dirt, humus. Now, I'm a huge hummus fan, love it. Sometimes it looks a little bit like dirt, but it tastes amazing, right? But this is humus, spelled almost the same way, just take out an M, but humus is dirt. 
And it's literally all of the things that make that up. But there's another word we use that is so highly related, we never think about it. Humus actually turns into humanity. Humanity. Here's what we know about our humanity from the very first book of the Bible that tells us how were we, we were created. We were created out of the dirt. Genesis 2 verse 7 literally tells us God formed man out of the dirt. And from that dirt, God picked it up and then blew the breath of life into that dirt. Did you realize you were nothing but dirt? I am nothing but dirt, except by the very breath of God. And so we're humus, literally. That's who we are. It is our humanity that we are this humus. And then there's yet a third word, humility. It means to be brought low, to be low as in close to the dirt close to what it is we were created out of, close to what it is we have relationship with almost every single day. Think about it. You walk across grass, you walk across a, an open field of dirt, you walk across dirt all the time, and yet you and I are a part of it. And all Paul is trying to remind us of is that we need to be brought low. Now, catch this as well. When we are made low by somebody else, we are humiliated. But when we bring ourselves low to the dirt, we are humble. We have humility. You see, these words are important because Jesus is asking us, Paul is telling us, humility is a high value in following Jesus. Paul is reminding us that Jesus, by choice, lowered himself not only to the earth, but to do some of the most common things in the world like wash his disciples' feet, or hang on a cross, or touch the untouchables, or heal those who were outcast in the world. As God, he chose to lower himself. And Paul is reminding us, as his followers, we must imitate that. We must claim that gift. We must make ourselves lower in the world. Jesus claimed this himself. Uh, we're told in a couple of different gospels, but Matthew's gospel reminds us in Matthew chapter 18, whoever becomes humble like this little child will be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Can you even imagine? Jesus is saying, lower yourself so that you can be made high. He would go on to say that very thing in Matthew's 23rd uh, chapter when he said, all those who lift themselves will be made low, but those who make themselves low will be exalted. Now this is fascinating because in the Common English Bible, it literally uses the phrase low. In almost every other translation of English in the scriptures, that word is humble. When we make ourselves humble, we will be exalted. Notice it's a choice. It's a choosing to be humble. You see, the reality about humility is you're not forced into it, otherwise you're humiliated. But if we choose this, it becomes the opportunity to imitate Christ. We see it sometimes in people that we've seen uh, in the days gone by. People like Martin Luther King Jr., who humbled himself in leading people to a massive change of behavior and action in this country. We see it in a former president, Abraham Lincoln, who lowered himself in order to help the country become unified. Unfortunately, in both of those cases, they were lowered by humanity as well, right? As humanity took their lives. Some more modern examples are people like Pope Francis, 
who literally has said on many occasions that he is but a humble servant of Christ. And he demonstrates that humility on all kinds of levels, literally lowering himself to children when he welcomes them. I think of an actor by the name of Tom Hanks. Maybe you've heard of him who is a follower of Christ and who literally is perhaps one of the most uh, powerful actors in all of Hollywood. And yet he's one of the most humble people you've ever met. I mean, I've never met him, but you can see it in his behavior, in his language, in the way he relates to people, in the way he helps others. Paul would describe this in his letter to the church at Ephesus. Uh, He says this in the fourth chapter, always be humble, gentle, patient, accepting others with love. Isn't that profound? I mean, I know you know this, but every time you encounter that in somebody else, it has a profound impact on who you are, right? When you notice humility in somebody, when you take note that they are sort of offering themselves to you, when they are sort of laying themselves out for you, if you will, it's their choice to say you are as important as I am, or in some cases, even you are more important even than I. You see, this is what it means to imitate Christ. There's some amazing authors who speak volumes into this concept of humility, one of whom I know you're very familiar, C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis said this about humility. He just said, look, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Isn't that great? That's what Jesus did when he hung on the cross. That's what he did when he washed the disciples' feet. That's what he did when he touched the lepers and allowed even the woman caught in adultery to touch him. You see, humility is not about um, what I think of myself so much, but how I interact with others. A guy named John Dixon, who wrote an entire book on humility called Humilitas, put it this way. Humility is more about how I treat others than what I think of myself. Isn't that profound? It's more about how I treat others than how I think of myself. That's what Jesus was all about. And that's what Paul is trying to remind us of in his letter to the church at Philippi. He's reminding us it's worth it to be humble. It's worth it to bring oneself low. It's worth it to recognize how important Christ is to us. Just as Paul reminded us last week that we need to be second, living a life worthy of the gospel. This week, Paul is reminding us that we need to lower ourselves in the concepts of all of humanity so that Christ can be lifted high, so that we can be mindful that this King of kings and Lord of lords, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that He is indeed the Lord of the universe. But that will only happen, friends, if we choose to humble ourselves in our relationships with others. If we recognize how worthy it is to be a humble servant of Christ, not pumping ourselves up, not making ourselves bigger than we are, not doing something more, uh, pretending that we are more than uh, what we claim to be, but rather think about it this way. If we were to choose to be humble, to imitate the humility of Christ, to recognize how important He is, think about how people will perceive Him when they know we're His followers. Isn't it true that... um, If we are imitating Christ, if it is the highest form of flattery to imitate someone else, that when we live, when we speak, when we relate to other people, that we demonstrate this humility of Jesus, people will then see Christ in us. And we have a choice, right? 
We have the choice to present Jesus as we best know Him, as we best can, or we can choose to believe somehow we know better or we are better than Jesus and we just do our own thing. Which do you think represents Christ best? It's the humble presentation, isn't it? It's the way in which we help lift Him high. So I want to issue you a challenge. The next time you enter into a conversation with somebody or in a relationship with somebody, think to yourself, how can humility be demonstrated when I talk about politics, when I have a relationship with somebody at the workplace that maybe I don't care for, when there's a neighbor who is not necessarily our best neighbor, when we have a family conversation and we are the authority or we are the bigger figure, if you will, what would it look like as a follower of Jesus to imitate His humility, to proclaim without necessarily even saying a word, Jesus and all of His humility. Friends, here's the deal. To be a full human, to be the human that Christ created, that God made real, it is to both be made in the image of God and to fully imitate the humility of Christ. Wow, we are God's image and we are humble servants. Friends, I want to maintain that both of those are worth it, that both of those can claim our lives fully, and that even though we come from the dirt, that dirt is made in the image of God. And our humility, married with that image, will lift Jesus high so that every knee could bow and every knee shall bow and proclaim that Jesus Christ really is Lord. Thanks be to God that we have that opportunity. Will you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, thank you for the gift of your Savior and Son, Jesus. Thank you for his humble acts of service, for his humility that literally gave life from humble circumstances. Thank you, God, that we have the opportunity to follow him and to imitate him, Lord. May it really be the highest honor of flattery for Jesus and in his name that we would be his imitators in the days that come, replicating his actions, being his humble servants, and sharing humility with others. God, thank you for that opportunity. Give us courage to live well into it. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Hey friends, let me also offer my great gratitude to you for your amazing generosity. You continue to make ministry possible to change lives and hearts. Thank you for doing that. Friends, there's a QR code on the screen here. If you'd like to capture that, that would be a real simple way for you to make a gift right now. You can also text the letters TMUMC to the number 45777. But whatever you give, we're grateful and it makes a big difference. Thanks so much.